All right, Boz, you've made me adequately aware of the fact that I say every episode is going to be a great one. So I'm intentionally not saying that. Yeah, probably not going to be a good episode <laughs> after that. Without the, without the magic words spoken, how could exactly. it possibly be? It's a wonderful topic, though. And that certainly top, is. That topic is rest as needed. And what does that mean? And this this mm. came about from some you know conversations, texts we're throwing back, where workouts get come up at your local affiliate, at the program that you follow, or it happens to be, let's say it's a six by 400 meter run. And then it says, you know, for time, six by 400 meter run, rest as needed. And anytime mm-hmm. that pops up, people don't like vagaries. And they're like, what is that? <laughs> Why don't you just tell me exactly how much I need to rest? And believe it or not, there's a reason why. And we're going to dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where, you know, a lot of times you can ask yourself some big picture questions to start framing your response. And so some of the big picture questions around this is, well, what are you training for? What is the effect that you're trying to get out of this particular workout? And that's going to dictate a lot as far as what you choose to do for rest. And if you look at it from the coaching perspective, it can be similar. You can use time as a tool to start structuring your workouts and your classes. And so you've kind of got this tension that arises naturally between what's best for the uh, workout that I want, how do I get the best intention out of that workout, and how do I balance that against the finite amount of time that I have with people in this group? Yes to all that. And let me say for the viewers or listeners at home, I just popped a cough drop in my throat. It's, it's winter time. My kids get you know me sick every three to four weeks, and I feel good, and then this <laughs> happened again. Baby's got me not sleeping. I'm run down, so I've got a cough drop in, so my apologies. All right. But this also, uh, we're going to reference very heavily a great article that I encourage everybody to read. It is entitled, Rest and Recovery in Interval-Based Exercise. It is CrossFit Journal, uh, issue 56. It was from April 2007, written by Tony Leland. It's fantastic. It's about five pages long. And so if you need just a reference to come back to after this show, this is going to be a great one. So I encourage you to do that. And then also, if you have not, it will serve you very well to go back and listen to Very Not Random episode 35. That's on the metabolic pathways. Because the rest that you take in a sprint day, in an interval mixed modality sort of training day, whatever it happens to be, it's not just arbitrarily assigned because it does depend upon you as a specific human being your knowledge of some of these basics we're about to talk about. And then that will allow you to realize there could be one, two or three different things that you need to personally work on and how much rest you do or don't take will be based upon your analysis of yourself as an athlete. And that's why it says rest as needed. And there's not one just just kind of thrown out there. So I think that's important. Uh, That's important to start off with right off the bat. Yeah, for sure. And one thing that I think is really important for people to keep in mind as they're approaching this is that, um, like you said, everybody's going to be a little bit different as far as their strengths and weaknesses and what their natural physiology tends to lend itself better towards. Some people are naturally going to be stronger. Some people are going to have better endurance. And so that's going to dictate, you know, kind of how you approach this. Um, But from a training standpoint, I think a lot of times, especially when people are newer to CrossFit, and, and even those that have been in it a while, you can fall into this trap where you believe that the effectiveness of a workout 
hinges on how tired you are at the end of it. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and that is not a good mentality to be in. Like there are certain times when, yes, you just have to throw down the gauntlet and grind yourself out a little bit. Fine. I get it. That's, that happens from time to time, but that should not be every day. The goal that people forget about, and this is something that coaches have been talking about since time, more, you know, since forever. The idea is that you want to train as minimally as possible for the maximum benefit. That should be what I'm after here. So the interval that I choose should support that. How do I get away with the most efficient effort? Not the effort that just beats me up and leaves me feeling rough, but the one that actually pushes the needle forward without impacting my recovery and my ability to come back and do it again unnecessarily. So when we're talking about these kind of time-based rest periods, things like that, put it out of your mind that you have to feel like you're just right on the verge of not having enough time and, and you know diving right back in with not quite enough recovery to do what's asked of you. No, that's not always the most effective path. Yes, and I'm going to, this is not a tangent or a rabbit hole. This is just, I'm going to break out the soapbox just for a second. That'll put it right away. <laughs> there, can, there can also, CrossFitters, God bless them. They're not afraid to work hard, but sometimes Correct. that can be a detriment because yeah. they may consider taking too much rest, cheating in some weird way, or I'm making the workout easier. I'm just standing around recovering. Trust me, you, if it's, Every workout that you do shouldn't be just some random nonsense pulled out of somebody's anus, right? I mean, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to have an intention. The workout was programmed for a specific purpose on this day. If somebody programs three by 800 meter repeats, well, there's a reason they just didn't program a 1.5 mile run. Like you're covering the same amount of distance, but the intent behind the workout is wildly different. And if you think, well, I'm just going to really shorten the rest cycles down, and that quote unquote made it a harder workout, not necessarily. It just made it a different workout. And if you shorten them enough, based upon what we just said about very not random 35 and the metabolic pathways, you didn't allow a certain energy system to recover. You might as well have just done the 1.5 mile run. You did, you just made it yeah. a less effective training session based upon what the programmer had intended that day. So, and I'm saying this as a knuckle dragging moron that you know coming from the military you know, make it harder make it tougher gonna suffer more that's not an effective mindset okay so yeah and, if, and, if you and find yourself back, there let's we're gonna hopefully illuminate some things yeah to to reiterate that point that i think we both keep making that mentality that you just said where well it's gonna make it harder the only reason that somebody would see that as a benefit is because they're equating harder with better or mm -hmm. harder with more effective. And those two things do not go together necessarily. Yep. For yeah, sure. Yeah, you got to train hard, but I mean, anybody can make something hard. Yes, that's, that's not a difficult task. And agreed. that does not mean that it's going to be best for your long term or even in the short term. So, nope, 100%. Yeah. So, oh, and one more thing I want to say on that. Yeah. Sorry to cut you no, off. No. And this is from the athlete side. So switching back to the athlete side, and, you know, I'm talking kind of out there, big picture. We're not landing on anything tangible yet, but. From a mindset standpoint, I think it is also important for the athlete to approach things with the intention that was designed for it. So I'll give you a perfect example. At, at the gym the other day, we did this workout with um, 200 meter 
sprints in it. Mm -hmm. And it was part of a larger structure. It was an on the minute type of effort. And there's, there was built in rest, but there was at the end of the day, you had to do a bunch of 200 meters. And there were some people that took that, okay, I have a minute to run 200. That means that if I'm in the door at 59, I still got it. Right. And there are other people that took the approach of like 200 meters, copy that. That should be like a 30 second effort. I should be back in the door. Those are two very, very different experiences. Oh, yeah. Yes. Especially sustained over the course of multiple rounds. So the question becomes to you, the athlete, it's not just about what was the programmer's intention, but do I have that in my mind as well? And am I putting forward an effort that matches that? Because those are two different things. If I'm just trying to sustain versus no, I'm going to sprint this effort every time I see it, you're going to get a very different outcome. Yep. So, agreed. Anyway. Agreed. So uh, let's you know, get out of the, the realm of the uh, the intangible here yeah, and land the plane because I'm, I'm talking nebulous. Kind of laying <laughs> that groundwork of ideally what some basic terms, definitions, knowledge people would have to even start thinking about how much rest they should take. Yeah, I'm going to talk about one more thing before we get into some real more practical side of the house, because I know you have three or four kind of points that you think about when it comes to rest. So the first thing, like I said, check out this CrossFit Journal article from issue 56. Check out VNR yep. 35 about the metabolic pathways. And then the one other thing which would be just helpful to have, okay, not mission critical, but helpful to have in the back of your mind when you start to think about this, and it's mentioned in the article, is just the muscle fiber types. And there can be some discrepancy about how to categorize them, but Tony Leland has a nice, just three simple classifications, which will do very nicely for our purposes. He says you've got type 2B, which are fast twitch, produce a lot of power, you know, near maximal lifts and sprinting. As you can think, lots of power, they fatigue quickly, they don't last very long. You've got type 2A fast twitch, more fatigue resistant than the other fast twitch, but they don't produce quite as much force, but they last a little bit longer. And then finally, type 1, your slow twitch muscle fibers, low intensity, going long, and can sustain a very long period of time. So when you look at the workout, the programming intent behind the workout, there's going to be most likely on an interval-based day, some metabolic pathways that were came into play when the program was written down, that's going to also tax certain muscle fibers. So the time domain, the intensity, all of these things come together when the question then becomes, it says rest as needed, how much rest should I take? And if all that sounds a bit overwhelming, if you read it over once or twice, it really doesn't have to be. It's just a good general understanding. It lays the foundation. And now we can kind of chat a little bit about, about rest. So how does this structure out in your mind, Boz? Yeah, I think that was a really great precursor. And to simplify that, to keep it in context, I just like to think about it short, medium, long. Mm -hmm. They kind of import to the metabolic pathways in that way. You got short, medium, long. Obviously, there's going to be some overlap. Obviously, there's going to be some places where each individual is a little bit more comfortable or has a bit more natural proclivity. Sure. And, and that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, it can be that simple. Um, you've got a really, really short and aggressive set of muscle fibers, and that extends out to a group of fibers that are going to be used to repetitive, not that intense motion mm -hmm. that is sustainable. Um, time is going to be a real big tool in kind of dictating which of those 
fiber types and to follow those kind of metabolic pathways that are going to be highlighted the most. I, I can't say like primarily because there's always going to be a bit of bleed right. over. Yep. Um, and so to, to keep it really, really simple, the shorter and more intense the effort, the more maximal power that you're trying to get within that effort, the longer the rest that you should allow to repeat that effort. It's just that simple. And frankly, most people, when they're doing high, high, high intensity, I'm talking near max lifting, I'm talking out, all out sprinting, jumping, they want to do too many reps and they don't want to rest enough. <laughs> right, right. Especially in the CrossFit world. I've been guilty of that for sure. Yeah. And it's interesting when you look at sports that specialize in those types of efforts and you look at the length of a single training session, I mean, you go look at a weightlifting hall and the, the total volume of work that a weightlifter will do over the course of their session may not be that eye-opening, depending on the phase of training that they're in. And yet they'll still be there for 90 minutes, two hours at a clip a lot of times because each set demands a pretty significant amount of rest before you go in again. Mm -hmm. And so there's just no way around it. Um, and so I think oftentimes when people are looking to develop that high end, they cut themselves short a little bit by wanting to get back under the bar a little too soon, by wanting to get back to the start line right when they feel like they're no longer out of breath. It's like, no, it takes a little bit longer than that. Let that be okay. Yep, 100%. You know, I've, I've got a couple of random thoughts rolling around in my head. I don't know if I should jump in or do you just want to go down your list? Sure, yeah, we could do that. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me give a real world application to what I'm talking about. Uh, if you ask anybody, and I'm talking high level games athletes, just down to your average CrossFit affiliate member, what some of the worst workouts are that they, they're ever going to do, it's no surprise that uh, heavy effort on the assault bike or the rower or a sprint, mm -hmm. followed by more rest than you think you need, yes. repeated three to five times. I'm talking 20, 30 calories on the assault bike, three minutes to five minutes full rest, hit it hard, try not to let your time fall off too hard. Those are devastating. And it doesn't matter how fit you are if you're putting in the effort that is close to your max, the effect is going to be there. And it's because you have enough recovery to really hold your hand close to the flame. So there's no shortage of challenge, despite the fact that you get to feel pretty good about the effort during the rest period. Yeah, we, so, we've got one that we do every now and then that to the uninitiated, they always wonder, why is this all, the only thing that we're doing today? And then you yeah. do it. And if you do it right, Famous you never words. ask that question. And it's so simple. Right. It's, it's um, 10 intervals. You go every three minutes. You know, so every three minutes, and it's on the echo bike, 12 calories for men, eight for women, eight or nine. I can't remember which other, but it's 12 calories for men every three minutes. And you're like, I'm just going to sprint 12 calories, which is going to take oh. me like, you know, 25 seconds or less. And you want me to rest another like two and a half minutes? No, like, that that's seems bad. preposterous. It's so bad. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't be as bad if we gave them less rest. It would be different and it would still be hard. Don't get me wrong. But for the intent of what I want to get out of it, that max, I mean, an actual true maximal effort to improve your speed that rest is absolutely necessary. Yeah, for sure. So moving away from that a little bit, 
um, I think that you can use the rest as needed idea to serve a few other goals. So goal number one, I want to really maximize my high power, high sprint kind of uh, aspect. Okay, give yourself lots of time, more than you think you need. You should feel like, yep, it, the first effort was a distant memory, but by the time I make the mm -hmm. second. Okay, goal number two, we've got somebody who needs to work a little bit more on their stamina, not fully on the endurance end of the spectrum where it's like a long drawn out effort, but I need to be able to go at 75, 80% and then with a little bit of rest, repeat that a few times. So it's my stamina that I'm really trying to, to yes. maximize. Okay, now we're starting to get interesting where this middle ground rest period becomes really useful. Um, and again, I want those efforts when I'm programming this and approaching it as an athlete, I want the efforts to be about the same time frame. I should never get to this point where they're totally falling off because in that case, I've either made the effort too hard mm -hmm. or the rest is not adequate enough. But mm -hmm. that should be that kind of one to three minute rest range, maybe even a little bit less, where the activity is sustainable uh, at a higher than comfortable pace. This is not a pace that I could hold for five, six, seven, 10 right. minutes. But when I have a little bit of rest, I can hit it hard again and still maintain that output. So, so that kind of stamina work can be really useful. And, and as an offshoot of that, this is something that I personally struggle with. And so I find it really useful to do. Um, create or, or when you're confronted with workouts that have a couple of elements back to back, like a run, a lift, and a gymnastics movement, like, like Helen type of workout, do a round of that, put some rest in so that you can go through those three movements or two movements without rest between them and mm -hmm. start working on the transitions from one to the next. And this isn't, you know, artificially try to get some higher score for a, just a, a games level type right. of competition or something. The idea here is that most of us, when given the natural break between one movement to the next, you're going to take maybe a few extra beats than you should. If you're anything like me, sure, you're going to yeah. find the chalk bucket. Yep. <laughs> you're going to take a few more breaths than you probably Not need in a to. rush. Exactly, yeah. But if you can build the discipline into the structure of the workout that you go from one to the next to the next, and then I rest, there's tremendous benefit in that. So that's, that's kind of another offshoot of that stamina idea where I know the rest is coming. I know I can get through this effort. Therefore, mm -hmm. I know I don't have to take those little mini breaks between movements agreed yeah you know you know my are you good can i do you have another one there yeah. to dive in uh, well yeah okay let me i'll keep okay. going then so then i'll switch gears a little bit here and um we can talk a little bit about time as a tool for the coach uh okay and so we'll go back to ground zero here we got the spectrum short medium long if you're going to do short and really aggressive efforts, take more rest than you need. And as that draws out towards purely an endurance style effort, the rest periods are going to be reduced, but so is the intensity of the effort. So that's kind of the range. As the, incre uh, the, uh, the intensity decreases and the length increases, mm -hmm. so then can the rest, if, that's, if, if you want a simple way to think about it. Right. Now, for the coach, I feel like oftentimes workouts that have a rest that's either built in or, or as needed, et cetera, um, they are thinking about that with that tension I described earlier, where I have to fit this entire effort into a class structure. And so sometimes I think the coaches need to ask themselves the same questions. What am I trying to get out of this? And right. what do I need to structure this workout like in order to get that? 
because sometimes the workouts have an aggressive interval structure that don't really serve the effect of the workout, but they do serve keeping the group on track. Yes. Yep. And gotta, so got to keep the train, got to keep the train yeah. on schedule. And, and that's fair, but I would encourage coaches to find themselves in those, those types of situations to look at what else is going on. Do you really need everything else that you've put into some of the other areas of the class? Are you trying to do too much outside of this workout? Can the warm-up be simplified and made more efficient? Am I trying to load up uh, you know, a skill training or a, a strength session on top of this main kind of interval portion? Is that too much? Right. You know, what could really make this piece as effective as possible and then try to strip some of the other elements away? I think that's a mindset that uh, more trainers need to get into instead of, well, I can just shorten the rest a little bit here. And then that means I can fit this other element that I have on my mind into the class. Right. Because rest as needed, even though we've been predominantly talking about sprint days, rest as needed. You're going to see that on a five by five back squat as well, which exactly that, that layers yep. in very nicely to what you just said about class structure, which, you know, again, trying to fit everything into a one hour class, you know, I, it's, it is what it is. That's tough. But if you're trying to do a warm up and then a rushed heavy lift each day, followed by the actual workout of the day, followed by a, some sort of stretching and cool down or whatnot. And if it's just you're trying to really fast build up to a heavy back squat and then we're getting three triples really quick because we got to get to this other thing, which is a 15 minute AMRAP and time's ticking away. You're, you probably don't have the time to take three to four minutes between each mm -hmm. one of those triple back squats. And if you don't, you're probably not getting out of that session what you should. And then you're going to wonder why, well, I'm doing this every day. Why isn't it paying off? And, and same with these other things. If you're not giving yourself the rest that you need, you're not going to get the benefits out of it. It's just, there's just a physiological component that you can't outsmart sometimes if you're trying to lift as heavy as you possibly can. It takes a certain amount of time for your body to recover so you can slide back under that bar and really hit it hard or go back up to the starting line for another really fast 400. It just, you've got to allow yourself that rest. And so that's a big, a big thing. And I would say, and I was kind of chatting about this with you before we clicked on. You made us, your points are right on the money. Here's my uh, just oversimplification of, of what you just said into two simple elements that might help folks. And we'll mm -hmm. do it with the sprint day, for example. Three by 800 meter repeat day. All that added together is roughly a 1.5 mile run. Well, let's say, you know, people don't like to get put in boxes, but I'm going to put people in boxes right now. I'm going to say that, you know, some people either fall <laughs> into the category of they're fast, but they don't have a lot of endurance, or they can just jog and keep going forever. They get great endurance, and they're not, they're not too speedy. So what you could see, you might have somebody who you look at their eight, uh, 800 meter dash time, and you're like, wow, that's a really fast time. And they're taking ample rest. And each time they're, they're maintaining that really fast pace. And it's very impressive. And then you also happen to have their 1.5 mile runtime available. And it's not as impressive as you thought based upon how quick their 800 meter runtimes are. Well, that person, over, overly simplified, you would categorize as having good speed, but lacking in the stamina component. So for mm -hmm. that individual... If they're already fast enough, like speed, more speed is not what they need. They need to improve their stamina. 
they're going to benefit from a shorter rest period between each 800-meter repeat. So they're having to fight through a little bit of that lactic acid that's in their legs. It hasn't really flushed out yet. And they're going to, that will benefit them in their goal of becoming better at that 1.5-mile run. The opposite is true as well. If you have somebody that has a fairly decent 1.5-mile run, it's great. And you clock their individual 800-meter run times and they're not impressive. Well, that person can hold a slower pace and just maintain it. But their individual speed on, an, on any interval is not that impressive. That person, you'd want to do the total opposite. You know, whereas that, that first person, they may take a one-to-one work-to-rest ratio. That individual that had really fast 800s but a slow 1.5-mile time. You know, let's say they're doing each 800 meter repeat in three minutes. Well, they may want to rest three minutes on that three by 800 meter run day. That other individual who is needing to become faster at each individual 800 meter run, but their 1.5 mile run is pretty darn good, they would probably benefit from like a one to two work to rest ratio. So if they did each 800 meter run in three minutes, they may want to rest six minutes so they could actually do the next one in three minutes again. Rest six minutes and do the next one in three minutes again. And that right there, if people followed what I just said, if not, I'm sorry, I know there was a lot there, go back and and listen to it again. I know there are some CrossFitters out there right now that just heard me say that and went, so you're saying you might want me to rest six minutes between (laughs) each 800 meter run. You are out of your mind. But that's just the way that it works. And trust me on this, I didn't make up the physiology. If you identify yourself as one of those categories and you haven't been doing what I just said, there's a really good chance that you have not been giving yourself the rest that you need that is limiting your ability to maximally exert some effort and that's holding you back. I would really encourage people to try some of these things that we're talking about, whether it's lifting on a heavy day in the gym or on a track session, they truly, truly do work and and they will pay off. Yeah, and I think the mindset of each of those archetypal athletes that you just uh, described, um, they're gonna be hard to counteract a little bit. You know, the athlete that's naturally fast and is comfortable with those rest periods and then just really hammering it every single time, they're going to have a hard time adjusting to an 80% effort repeated with less rest than they want. And the athlete that's a little slower but can go for days, they're going to have a hard time adjusting to this idea that this one effort is everything I have and then I have full rest and I'm going to try to match it. That, that mentality switch, I think, is often very difficult for people. And so all that to say, time becomes the truth teller. That's mm-hmm. all it is. So if you build it in ahead of time and you know this about yourself, you say, okay, I'm going to structure in these rest periods and stick to them. Then you don't have that little voice given so much power when you're in the workout that says, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling good. I should just start again. Like, no, 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 no. I've already written it out. It's, it's part of the plan. Mm-hmm. It's okay that I feel fully recovered. That's, that's the point. Or on the other end, it's okay that I'm still breathing a little bit heavy, but I need to go again because that's the goal of the day. So I think as a truth device, going into it with a, a pre-scripted interval can be really useful. And if it's not dedicated like that, you know, it is an as-needed type of situation like we talked about originally, 
Well, then you need to have that kind of thought process before you start the effort and think about what is it that I'm trying to maximize today? Am I going with one or the other of these right. ideas? And then, okay, stick to your guns around what that means when you take your rest period. And one thing that I, th I think I've kind of got everything off my chest about this, the one thing I would kind of say is my closing thought, which is a, a question I hear frequently is, okay, I'm like, all right, fellas, you sold me on the rest period. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. I'm going to give it a whirl. I kind of know how long I should rest. What should I do during the rest period? Should I just stand around? <laughs> and there's, there's some really good information in that article from Tony Leland. He kind of says that, in his opinion, the best type of recovery from exercises that produce a lot of lactic acid, you know, this high intensity sort of training is doing some light work or some active sort of rest. And by that, he means that let's say you're doing 200 meter dashes, 400 meter dashes, 800 meter dashes. And now during your recovery period, you might want instead of just standing around, just slow jog or something like that, just keep your body moving, but but in a low intensity sort of manner, that could help just keep the blood flowing, flush some of that uh, lactic acid out and get you back in there for the next session and ready. And he says, in his opinion, the opposite is true if you're doing something which doesn't produce a large amount of lactic acid. So if you're doing something that's primarily using the phosphagen system or the oxidative, then you can just rest fully, in, in his opinion. And I've played with this a little bit uh, with myself, what I do during my rest periods in both sprint days and on heavy lift days. I'm taking three to four minutes between my heavy lifts. I've played with just walking around, casually pedaling on the bike, walking around doing once a minute. If I'm going to rest three minutes, once a minute, I might do five nice slow air squats. Just kind of makes me feel good. But that's about it. And for me personally, that, that tends to work fairly well. Yeah, I think the long and the short of it is don't let your rest period become something other than rest. Yes, If you sure. choose to put some active type recovery in there, it should be very mellow. Don't let it start to creep into this second phase of the workout type situation. That's easy to do, especially with people that kind of fall into this CrossFit mentality. Uh, Why, yes. <laughs> so let your, let your rest be rest. It's useful. And I will, uh, anything else on your end? No, I think that's pretty much it. You know, again, go into it thinking how can time be the tool that tells the truth for this workout and keeps me on track for what I want to achieve in the session and then structure appropriately. Whether you're the coach or the athlete, that's that's the fundamental question that you have to ask. And don't be afraid to um, stick to your guns on that. Yes. And, and if listening to everything that we just said, it started to click with regards to how long you should rest between like a seven by one deadlift or five by five back foot, if that made a lot of sense to you. And if when Adrian and I were talking about things such as a 400 meter track day, and you're like, what in the world are they talking about? A six by 400 meter track day? Who does that? <laughs> I, would, I would highly encourage you to embrace some of that glorious variance that produces such amazing GPP, work some of these back into your training regime, and they will deliver the goods. That's all I'll say. Absolutely. So that is it. Once again, thanks everybody for your support. As always, this is what Adrian and I think, but hey, right? Who cares? We want to know what do all of you think? So post your thoughts in the comments about what we just spoke about today. What have been your experiences? Do you have an idea for a future episode? We read those and those help us generate new content. So again, uh, we want to hear from you. If you're listening in audio format, we appreciate it. But 
To post a comment, you got to go to the BTWB YouTube channel, find this episode, and then have a blast. Enjoy your free speech. So for Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we will see you next time.